0: like nah i'm just here for my dick appointment <laughs> i would like it to be good this time
1: some motherfucking vampire shit
0: it seems to be a sudden general explosion of mass homicide Murder, vampirism, cannibalism, mutilation. Sometimes that is love. Right. The Lord is my savior. He restoreth my soul. He lead me in the path of righteousness. Lord, forgive her. She's corrupted. To save her wayward soul, <laughs> I'm gonna tongue fuck a hole in your neck until I puke blood. Take that,
1: bitch! Take that, bitch! that, bitch!
0: that, bitch! Hi, I'm Candy the Final Girl. I like who I am now.
1: And I'm Erica Wright. That's odd. You have new teeth coming in.
0: And this is The House That Screams, "Schools Night Out. Tonight's topic is the 2021 film, Jacob's Wife, starring Barbara Crampton. Uh, We're very excited to talk about this film. I have to start out the conversation by saying, you know, um, of course, if you are a regular listener to the show, you know that everybody on the show, without, you know, exclusion, uh, loves Barbara Crampton. (laughs) We really love her, even in Chopping Mall. So... um, What pulled me to this film in particular is I heard a lot of buzz about it. And, um, you know, I keep up on horror news. I mean, I keep up with a lot of other news, but I do keep up on that. And I had read an interview with Barbara Crampton and she said, I'm just now getting the roles that I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I found out more that she produced. She's one of the producers of this film. She worked this script for years trying to find, you know, the right director, you know, just shopped it around, worked on it and, you know, got it in front of people because, um, you know, I mean, she's still a, a horror icon. And uh, so, you know, she finally I, I definitely have to say that she found the right people. And so when I saw the movie, I, it was worth every bit of buzz when they it, I i watched it the day they put it on Shutter which was very recently i think it's a, a a brilliant turn for the sometimes dicey vampire genre mm-hmm. um it it's something different and it's hard to find something different with that cuz different can go really great or most of the time terrible like look at twilight twilight didn't do the vampire genre any favors yes i know i have said before that i do like the books i still stand by that but it took away the horror this uh, movie deals with a, a lot of different levels of horror. Uh, one, the gore is top notch, which yay for that. I, I applaud that. Um, but also some real life horrors. And we're not talking about the extreme things like like when we did I Spit on Your Grave. We're talking about stuff that every single couple, every single woman goes through in their life. No exception. Like, you know, uh, struggle with identity, um, struggles with self-doubt. Um, not being happy with who you are and, and knowing you need to change, but not sure how to do it. You know, those every woman goes through that at, at all different ages. So uh, yes, yeah, that's, that's my opening thoughts on it. So I'll hand it over to you. So,
1: yeah, I also just watched this recently on Shudder and also thought it was a really refreshing take on the vampire genre. Um, it was really cool to uh, tell this story from uh, the, the female, character's point of view as she's undergoing a transformation into becoming a vampire but it plays with a lot of um tropes in a very interesting way so i, I kind of wanted to bring up this um, academic book by um, a professor named uh, bram de i'm not i'm probably mangling his name i don't know how to say it my apologies he has this great book called evil sisters though um and uh, this guy is a professor of comparative literature at the University of California in San Diego. Also wrote another book that I love called Idols of Perversity. Uh, but he digs into a lot of vintage art and vintage film and uh, breaks down, based on that, and what what society at the time believed about uh, gender and race and uh, not you know various groups of people and different issues and one of his um, arguments is that uh, vampires in uh, the early era of uh, film history were really representing everything that was taboo about female sexuality. Um, yeah, I
0: think Theda Barra, who is a yeah, famous exactly. silent film actress.
1: That like the, like women are like these kind of demonized women were sexually assertive or just assertive in general and, you know, knew what they wanted. And, weren't ashamed of their bodies, and they're very, like, uh, just, like, these strong characters, but early films really demonized those traits instead of celebrating them, so you kind of had this cult of manhood where these uh, patriarchal characters had to subdue this feminine threat, and, like, so either, either like, women, uh, you know, become vampires, get killed, or maybe they're, um, you know, saved from fully turning, but then they have to go back to being a a conventional, you know, dutiful housewife. I like how this particular film plays with those tropes, but in a way that celebrates the things that were being demonized in the past.
0: Yeah, we were definitely long overdue for that. I like... That, um, you know, Anne has clearly, I mean, to to give some background on this, um, Anne's in, in this marriage, uh, you know, like over 30 years. They're childless. They're, you know, she's she's a pastor's wife. And, uh, you know, just from frame one that we see Barbara Crampton in her portrayal of Anne, she's very unhappy, very meek, very mousy. But you, you can see the unhappiness. I mean, just it, it's so... Viable. And I think, you know, I immediately felt it because as a woman, I've, I've been there, you know, and I think we all have um, with that kind of unhappiness with something in our lives. But, you know, just, yeah, those first shots of her being unhappy. But I think, you know, there's the choice um, with the master who want, I want. I want I want to see that. Um, I think it's brilliant to have a female play the master.
1: Absolutely. And I was kind of surprised. Like, at first, the master is very, like, ambiguous. You don't really see a lot of details of this character. The voice is distorted. And uh, you
0: assume it's a male, because it always what, is.
1: That's what I assume, too. And like this character looks a lot like Nosferatu from yeah. the silent film of the same name. Um, that, you know, like bald head, very pale skin, really long fingers. Uh, so like not, not really fully human looking. So when they reveal that the master is a, a female vampire, that was a really great surprise.
0: Yeah. I, I thought it was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, because it's all there, you know, uh, the common theme here is the choices that Anne has to make and does she have the strength to make them? Is she, Willing to really change because she wants to change. She's dying to change. Um, No pun intended. Um, But she wants to change in general. And I think the choice is made that she's going to change her life before. And as a matter of fact, is when she goes to meet her, the person she was actually in love with before she married, Jacob, this Tom Lowe guy played by Robert Ressler, who we know from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and so many other movies. And I was like, yeah, I love him. And, I, and you're rooting on even in that very beginning have an affair with this guy. Leave, run out of town. Go. You're not happy, woman. Get out. But um <laughs> but so that turned into like a very literal kind of uh scenario when the master is there. Um Robert Wrestler doesn't make it. Spoiler. Um yeah. but <laughs> but he's a very good catalyst. But, so she's already made the choice to change. Mm-hmm. You know. But then a choice an even better choice to change is kind of thrust upon her to wait to where she couldn't be because she's kind of like half in half out you know when she's making out with Tom Lowe but the master like okay you really have to say yes or no to this mm-hmm. um you know and you know so i like to i like to point out that you know she had already made the decision to change but you know then it was quite literally a change and also um uh, i want to point out the change is something um like my grandmother and even my mom says about menopause and Barbara Crampton is older than my mother. She looks phenomenal. And um, it's, it's set in the time where she's probably gone through the change or going through the change, meaning menopause. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things that that can be interpreted into. Um, And I like that. There's so much ambiguity, like um, nothing's really black and white in this film. And I like that except for she needs to make a choice you know like do you, do you like want to be fully a vampire and uh you know that when she finally meets up with the master and you see the full what the master looks like and the master tells mm-hmm. her you know like i choose very you know carefully who i give this gift to mm-hmm. and you have this choice do you want to change and be powerful and do something with your 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 life or do you you want to go back to your husband and you're right. going to be even more miserable than you were the first time originally, because now you've had a taste.
1: Yeah. It's cool though. Like, you know, she still loves her husband. She still wants it, but she wants the marriage to not be in that same rut it was in. But I feel like that guy, I mean, he has moments of being like kind of endearing where he kind of starts to embrace the changes, but then he, he like reverts back into just, being such a control freak. I just wanted to punch him in the face sometimes.
0: (laughs) And they're really good at making him. And and this is so true of marriage. Oh my God. Anybody who tells you it's not either just got married or they haven't (laughs) been married very long, but I'll tell you this. You have those things like when we have the close up of him brushing his teeth, I want to choke him out. Like there's stuff when you're married in any kind of marriage, it doesn't, it it doesn't matter whether it's a straight marriage, gay marriage. Like when you're even just a companionship, (laughs) a partnership, you, know somebody for that long there's gonna be things that you just like want to knock them upside the head when they do it like oh my god please don't ever do that again and you and there's times when you're frustrated with them that you really notice them and it's nails on a chalkboard and they were really good at putting us in that place where you mm-hmm. see why she feels the way that she feels Where through you're like oh this dude man oh
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah just some of the stuff he did was all kinds of cringe and he like he definitely is a mansplainer, and he does talk over her a lot. Like, that was, like, the main thing I wanted to strangle him for. It's like, just let this poor lady get a word in, for heaven's sake. Uh, or have an I, opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just, he's, like, so used to making all the choices for her. And also the fact that he's, like, the pastor of a church, too. I mean, that really rang true with, the you know, like, the churches I grew up in. They were very patriarchal. Yeah. Um, and we're really supposed to fall in line with whatever their husbands wanted. I mean, like, but they they took this idea to such a, an insane um, level, at least where I grew up. I, obviously, not all churches are, you know, that over the top with it. But mine definitely was. <laughs> like, it was impressive. It's like as a, as a woman, you feel like you just don't have any um, opportunities or choices open to you in that particular subculture. This, um kind of depressing, honestly. I I feel like they did a good job at visually representing her personality changes. Like, um, her performance is great, but there were changes in her wardrobe and hair and makeup. Like, very, like, early in the film when you first see her, her clothes are so drab and colorless. Like, she's like, yeah, that is very washed out looking. Changing, there's more and more, like, you see that, this, you know, greater vitality coming into her look. There's, like, more, her fashion becomes more interesting and bolder.
0: I like her scarves.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the scarf choices when she's trying to cover up the bite marks. That was kind of a cool touch.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the many things that were brilliant about this is calling it Jacob's wife. Because in Christianity, um, now I'm going to get a little complicated with this, so, you know, kind of buckle up for a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get my point across, and I hope that I can. But Jacob in the Bible— you know Jacob is a biblical name um he had two wives, mm-hmm. and what I think how you can interpret that as to this film is okay, so in the Bible he literally had two wives, he wanted to marry one, got tricked into marrying the other one, and then ended up marrying them both and had many concubines as well, but whatever, you know, they like to gloss over the concubine part uh but uh yeah, so we had these two wives, one was the one that he wanted, and one was the one he got tricked into. And I feel like uh, she's a, you know, Anne is a very good representation of sort of a, a non-literal translation of that. There are two versions of her, the one that he's used to, the one that he wants, her compliance, her quiet, you know, quiet as a church mouse type, you know, thing. whatever you want. Um, you know, I have your breakfast ready for you. It doesn't matter that I'm having a bad day. Here you go, honey. And he, he barely looks up from the paper like, yeah I mean, so that's the wife that he wanted, but he kind of got tricked into the other yeah. wife, and yeah. then when she's and, and but one thing about it is that uh Jacob doesn't really notice much of the changing going on with Anne unless it affects him, and the, oh yeah. my God, if I don't fucking get that,
1: <laughs> Trust me. oh my gosh, yeah, like uh yeah when when she doesn't fix him breakfast, which he's clearly. Yeah, you know, wanting her to, she's doing her workout instead or something like <laughs> There were just, like, so many moments like that. He was like, huh, you know, kind of like, what's what's up with her attitude, you know? Like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, he spent so much time ignoring her. Otherwise, just, you know, reading the newspaper, just being into, you know, whatever, uh, you know, church duties he has. So, I mean, that marriage just looked um, awful, you know, with, without being... Awful without being physically abusive, but it's definitely this emotional dead zone
0: of uh, just like, oh Yeah, and that's why, you know, just I was sad. sort of saying what I said at the beginning is not an extreme view. This is something that everyone goes through. Every marriage has uh, at least a, a rut. Sometimes people can't get out of that rut and get divorced. You know what I'm saying? But they've been together for so long, don't have any children. They just have each other. They've been doing this probably exact same routine for 30 plus years together. And she even tells you know her. Her you know the guy that she did want to marry Tom Lowe. Like he's like why Jacob. And she's like well you know my mom died. And he was there. I mean but haven't we all been there. At some point where there's this relationships. Of some sort of convenience. where Whereas otherwise. You would not be in that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly have been there. So you know we mistake. Gratitude for love. Or, you know, just comforting for love and, and, you know, and that's so that the version of Anne that Jacob got from the very beginning was a mournful, sad, Mm -hmm. depressed, I'll do whatever it takes just because somebody was kind to me kind of person. But she got sick of that shit. And I don't blame her because I couldn't plod on for that long. Like I would've been like, Oh no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. Like it's not acceptable, but yeah, there is no physical violence and there. There is, you know, nobody in this is purely evil or purely good. It's mm-hmm. so it's very grounded in that way where it's even the vampires themselves are, you know, they, they have conundrums and, and, you know, questions and choices to make. So it's, Everybody's humanized and grounded. It's not this person is purely evil or this person's purely good. So that's why I like to say, you know, which is something that everybody goes through because don't we all experience that, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I do like this this nuanced uh portrayal of the the various characters.
0: Mhm. And I I read so many different reviews on this. I was just kind of leafing through them today. And people either love this movie or they hate this movie. And the people that hate this movie are the people who said and, – and, and I swear every review that was critiquing this really hard said the same thing, that this movie does not know what it wants to be. And I'm like, if there's anything that this movie is, it knows exactly what it wants to be. And But those are the same people who would not question something like Shaun of the Dead uh-huh. because Shaun of the Dead was a horror movie, a horror comedy a romantic comedy, a comedy. It was dramatic. It was, you know, but nobody questioned that. It's just instant masterpiece, but this, they're just going to break it down, break it down, break it down. And I'm like, if I think if you don't know, you know, or or you're caught up on something, like if you think this movie doesn't have a clear message, I I just think you're being unfair. I really think they're the same people that probably, you know, give tens across the board to Shaun of the Dead. And I'm not trying to be, I I chose that at random. Um, I'm not trying to be like a, female versus male here it kind of is true you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. women are infamous for not being able to make up their minds and you know <laughs> all those memes and and before memes the jokes that even my grandfather would tell about you know the wife never once knows where she wants to go for dinner you know what I'm saying you know it's like it, women can never make decisions and and um i'm going to take this point to shoot off my fucking mouth and say that, you know, white men in power still think women can't make up make their own fucking choices about their bodies. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> we still can't figure things out. Oh, no. We need a white man to tell us. <laughs>
1: right, right. Uh, yeah, I know, like, a bit of a spoiler, but, uh, you know, near the end of the film when the master is offering her the choice of, you know, becoming a full vampire, it, it's like, you know, um, Anne's uh, husband just takes that choice away from her, and it's
0: like, what a dick! I don't know. Yeah, but she <laughs> but she speaks out against yeah. him. She's like, yeah. why did you take that from me? That's, mm-hmm. you know... And, like, what about when he fucking ditches her at the warehouse? Right. Like, you know, like, it's like, he was the one that could make up his mind.
1: Yeah, he is very insecure as Yeah. A I think that's, like, part of why he... You know, acts the way he does, uh, you know, in terms of just the infuriating control freak, you know, behaviors that he's constantly doing. But it's, I think it's because he himself is insecure, and you know, has to have her under his thumb to feel like a real man.
0: And that's sad, and that's the fragile male ego right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like you know, but she, once she shows strength, you start to see exactly how weak he is. He does have the strength of his convictions kind of come back, at least on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because he thinks, and he, of course, makes another assumption. Like, she's not a full vampire, but he's like, Yeah, you're going to help me kill vampires. And she's like, What? (laughs) What are you doing? We should already go in the car. He's not listening. No, his mind's made up. And she's like, But my mind isn't. I don't want to do this. I like who I am, you know, and ditches are on the side of the road. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, Okay. That's, that's how you deal with your problems. Okay. She's talking back. I got to get out of here. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's definitely something. I, I do like how they, you know, they didn't make him all bad though. I, he has, he has his good qualities or at least occasionally has <laughs> his moments. So you don't like totally want him to die, but yeah, for like at least the first half of the film, I, I honestly did want him to get killed. Yeah. He just annoyed me so badly.
0: Yeah. And so and, and even by the point she's going to meet Tom Lowe at the beginning, I'm already like, girl, get it. Just get out of town, Take him with you. Go get out. Just leave. You know, there's nothing holding you here. Like move. And I think that was sort of her intention. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, I think she'd already had her mind made up about that. But then, you know, she had something bigger to make her mind up about. And every time she was trying to make that choice and we knew what direction she was going in because she was she did become very outspoken. I like who I am now, even right. by showing every time you know, they show her in the mirror a lot. And mm-hmm. she's never happy with how she is in the mirror until she becomes a vampire. Yeah, then she likes what she sees. Mm hmm. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, this is so blasphemous and this is so against the nature of God and all these things. And it's like she's just like, well, you know, I, I'm, it's not like I'm happy about killing people, but like I like how I feel. I like how I feel about myself. I like being powerful. I like making my own decisions. I like, you know, I like who I am. And and it's so sad that you have to be in your fucking 60s. this This poor woman is in her 60s trying to take control of her life. Actually, she may have been playing, um, because she she definitely passes for somebody younger, so she could be, yeah. you know, her character could have easily been in her 50s. But I'm, um, I was speaking of her her real, um, age, but uh, she looks phenomenal again. She but she and she's always very talented. I have to keep saying that because I love her. Um, yeah, but uh, they're just, but that sex scene though, I mean, oh, that yeah. was interesting.
1: It was interesting. And I, I honestly didn't expect it uh, to go that direction either. I thought either she's going to drink his blood or, you know, not. But I, I didn't know I it was going to turn into a sex scene. So that was kind of a cool moment. You get a little spice back in the marriage.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And it's clear that, you know, she'd never been on top before,
1: mm-hmm. you know, because
0: I'm, they didn't have that kind of marriage. And, you know, yeah. when she rips open her blouse and he's like, you know, like boobs out, but they're, all her clothes are on off, like, she's lusty you know i like it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like get it girl do your thing she probably hasn't had any fulfilling sex all this time you know like that's true (laughs) and then when that part where he walks in and her masturbating in front of the uh the window i love that scene
1: yeah that's an interesting scene where it's like uh, he acts like she's doing something really shameful and unnatural
0: (laughs) and she just kind of like oh shit he caught me like i was having fun
1: yeah it kind of goes back to that that trope about oh female sexuality is dangerous and yeah, you know, we have to exactly. contain it
0: and so instead of, like at that part with his sex scene you think she's she's leaping over on him to kill him mm-hmm. but she's just like nah i'm just here for my dick appointment <laughs> i would like it to be good this time <laughs> you could tell it probably wasn't very good
1: I, yeah, I could see him not being uh, the kind of husband who would, you know, really a generous lover. The, uh, orgasm, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, until tell he probably wasn't a giver in bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but again, you know, it's it, it's not like a uh, straight up I hate him because I I do like how you know he he does try to be a little bit more supportive, but it ends up being more than he realizes he he's capable of doing because. You know, one thing um, like if you're going to have convictions, you need to have the strength of those convictions. And so he he keeps to that. And I have to admire that whether I disagree with it or not, um, mm-hmm. at least be a person of your word, at least be a person who believes in what you're doing. And he does show that. And I have to admire that whether I agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he yes. did. You know, he's not all bad. And um, in the reviews, also, people were complaining about the ending. Saying it was too ambiguous. I'm like, there was that was a perfect ending because I felt like I knew what was, hap- was going to happen right there. That dude was going down, and she was going to go off and probably move to uh, Hollywood, do whatever she wanted to do. You know, like, that was going to be the end for him. And he knew it. He knew he no longer had the upper hand in that relationship. So when they're going to kiss, she's got the full fangs. He's got the stake, and he's lifting it up. She's about to bite him. Who do you think is going to win that?
1: Right, right. It's uh, Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a fun ending, though. Like, you could you could take it as maybe they are just going to kiss, or maybe it is going to be a fight to the death.
0: So, yeah, I mean, and maybe they would at that moment have just kissed, but I th- do you think that would always be true, though?
1: Well, no, probably not mm-hmm. always. <laughs> There's definitely I think at be- one
0: point he was going to be dinner.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> he, he knew he was on borrowed time.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed he- that. I
0: thought it was fun. Yeah, I I really liked it. I was, I was very impressed with the movie um, overall. Like I just, I was so glad because it's so rare to have a movie live up to the buzz. And it wasn't until it hit shutter that we started getting some bad reviews because before that it was ranked very highly and I had heard nothing but great things. And, um, Barbara Crampton just had wonderful things to say about it, and everybody involved with the film did. And, um, you know, critics liked it. And, but then it's, it's the people who came in to watch it who maybe saw her in Reanimator or some shit in the 80s. And are like, I'm like, Barbara Crampton, like, what? This is this has to be a bad movie, or you know, what is the message here? And I'm like, if you don't know what the message is, this movie is not for you.
1: Yeah, I thought the message was pretty straightforward.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I exactly. was not left in
0: the dark about it at all. No, I think it's pretty clear from just the, the opening. Mm-hmm. We have an unhappy woman. She decides to make a change and then it becomes a different kind of change. So yeah, there is some comedy. Uh the gore is great. I love just that oh, huge yeah. blood sprays like over the top shit. It's yeah, so great. I can't
1: remember, like Evil Dead Two or Kill Bill level of blood
0: sprays. Yeah, just like <laughs> you know, it's everywhere. And it's it's uh it, it was enjoyable. So I, I love the gore, you know, as a horror fan, but as a feminist, I love the, the message. And yeah, I love yeah. that this is something like we like like I've said, you know, some of our other stuff has been very targeted topics in feminism that maybe not every woman goes through. Mm-hmm. But this every woman does go through this or some version of it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it doesn't have to be just a, a straight marriage. It could be any relationship. Um it could be, you know, yeah, just any relationship, even even it's like a platonic friendship. Yeah. You know, there there can be toxic people, people that, you know, you let um, make all the decisions and, and speak for you. And it, it really applies to any kind of relationship. But at some point, enough is enough. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like everybody and this and it doesn't just apply to women. It does apply to men as well. But for the purposes of this discussion, of course, we talk about the feminist issues. But. I, I loved her evolution. I loved her changing and how they took, you know, a horror movie, which was the perfect medium for this. Really? Um, honestly, you know, there's so many like subtexts you can put in horror that you cannot do in like a traditional, like if it was a drama or a comedy, like you wouldn't get these subtexts. but in yeah. horror, you have so much more creative license that you can take like a horror movie trope or subgenre, but, pack so much in there so much message and and so many different themes and uh so i'm glad that they that this is a horror film and um that's something that barbara crampton also said that you know this had to be a horror film and i'm like i completely agree with that
1: yeah absolutely i guess i'd compare it uh, a little bit to ginger snaps in that respect that's on the surface it's a monster movie but there are a lot of feminist issues in it it's a metaphor for you know, a certain type of change that the main character is going through. Yes. Or or that women go through. So I yeah, I, I really enjoy that. Uh you know the, the metaphorical or allegorical aspects of this.
0: Yeah, definitely. I um I like that they used vampirism as a springboard for empowerment mm-hmm. instead of you know this horrible monster thing. It just became liberation and freedom, and you know, it was just power, it's power. And um, some women never take power in their lives. They never take control or they're afraid to, or they've been taught by their mothers not to to keep a man. You know what I'm saying, and we're getting more out of that. I think well our generation, generation X was probably the last of that, because mm-hmm. um, we we went on to teach our children um, no no yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. no no times have changed mm-hmm. but, for that. oh yeah yeah um my daughter would absolutely not accept that shit <laughs> yeah. but um, i did i did for a while because that's what my mother taught me yeah i know I, and i was like um you know taught
1: to to think that way too and uh was very much raised with traditional gender roles and never felt happy about it like even as a little kid i thought this is bullshit this isn't gonna be any like good way to live (laughs) so i was like um but yeah kind of on that topic in this film um one i can't remember the the name of the young woman who gets turned into a vampire but um
0: amelia is it amelia
1: maybe um but you know she's she's taunting jacob and Uh, basically putting down his religious beliefs but the film was definitely creating a contrast between his version of like very patriarchal type of christianity versus this very um, uh, liberated you know self-empowered type of worldview so it kind of seemed like uh, similar to what i've read of certain uh, you know satanic or left-hand path authors so i mean that's that kind of does fit in well with vampires, though, because in certain, you know, types of literature, they are very demonic.
0: Yeah. And when you spoke at the beginning of like um, earlier versions of the female vampire, like like, let's take uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, original Mina is the character that you would be referring to who like, you know, she wasn't a full vampire yet. And you know she was saved, and then she had to go back and be the dutiful wife to Jonathan Harker. And I'm just like, oh, that's
1: not a bummer. Boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah, but I mean, but, but that was the only way to make her a redeemable woman, a respectable woman.
1: Yeah, not an evil, sex wanting woman.
0: Ugh. Not those. <laughs> They're terrible. And that's funny coming from two asexuals. but you know but it's like i i do understand sexuality and um i'm comfortable talking about it but and and i i mean i understand but it's maybe not you know my priorities but every woman is entitled to have this. that's why i'm always like you know like, when we, they were showing that Ric Flair thing in group chat, and I was like, and they're like, oh, he's older. Look look what he's doing this girl. I'm like, at least he's a giver, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because there are so many ungenerous lovers. There were, you know, women deserve to be fulfilled. And when you think about back in, when women were hysterical back in Victorian times, what did they do with them? How did they treat hysteria? They gave them orgasms. This yeah. woman probably had no idea what was happening to them. <laughs> the way that sex was explained to young ladies back in that day, only when they were engaged to be right before their wedding night. You know, um, these are the things that women have to deal with as part of marriage. Childbirth is pain. Sex is pain. But, you know, you're doing your duty as a woman. And it's like, no, I, I want to have a good time. I want to feel good, you know. And But um, so – yeah, they treat hysteria with yeah, orgasms.
1: How many women were pretending to be hysterical or to have whatever set of symptoms to get that treatment?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, three <laughs> three orgasms a week and I'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah. Here's my prescription. I'm Dr. Yeah. Feelgood. <laughs> because asexuals are not, like a lot of asexuals, they, they may not enjoy sex with other people, but they do like orgasms. So, you know, Mm -hmm. not to get too weird, but I do like to educate people because asexuality is just now coming to be talked about, which I'm very glad. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a woman wanting sexual fulfillment and and that is shown here, you know, in that scene, she's like, I could kill you, but I really want to get laid and I want it to be good. I'd like to have an orgasm and I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to take it from you. (laughs)
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really, I really have nothing uh, negative to say about this movie. Um, no. I know we've like, we've ripped into some of the other films we've covered, like the craft. We were like extremely critical of that, but there's a lot. Well, of it's films. an
0: anti-feminist film. I yeah. had to say some shit and
1: it's, racist. Movie, I, yeah. I think this movie's it's uh, I like the, the core message and it's so relatable, but it's also just so, well made the acting's great um the creature effects and the gore are great so i mean yeah it just makes me happy on a lot of different levels and also the vampire makeup was kind of interesting like making the um the sharp teeth like the where the incisors would be it almost like a little more rat like when they're like in vampire form they're not very glamorous they were right
0: and we know that i love my gothic vampires but i kind of like that they're not in gothic vampires in this Cause like yeah. the vampires are so pretty and, and whatever we talked about that with interview with vampire and mm-hmm. um we have Stoker's uh by Kobla. But um yeah, I, I kind of actually like that, you know, the master who's obviously been around for a long time, just sexually you know, ambiguous, mm-hmm. you know, it's completely, but you know, I love that it's played by a woman. um Yeah. That, that was just brilliant move and, and going for that more of that style. It's like, it's sort of like almost like a transcending the the pettiness of, of how we look in, in sacrifice for not caring about that and being more powerful and enjoying our lives more yeah. instead of worrying about how we look all the time and how we think other people should think about how we look. And, and in a time of social media, that's definitely a very important message.
1: True. And uh, yeah, they, the vampires, when they they are in vampire form and not looking human, um, they are very like feral and animalistic. I would mm-hmm.
0: say But, but yeah. isn't that sort of like when we you know we've both obviously been to church quite a few times in our past and um, but isn't that sort of how they describe you know <laughs> um marital type relations or you know oh, yes. the of women you know it's very you know we we have to be better than that procreation only and
1: yeah, yeah it's like we're, we have to be better than animals quote unquote <laughs> so I hear that you hear that
0: but we are animals and sometimes we have to give over to that and you know it, it's all about control and and that's another common theme in this is just different forms of control or letting go of control a little mm-hmm. bit because there's still a lot of animal in us you know mm-hmm. we we're not that far evolved as, as much as we think that we are we have a lot more Free thought, but um, those instincts, like, you know, do you think people would be having sex if we weren't born with, you know, our bodies made to make us want that or, you know, make yeah. people want to do that? You know, right. the, but, you know, the church will tell you that's for procreation only. Uh, but I was Catholic. There's a whole empowered world out there of, of women who like. No, it's your turn. You know, the sex is over, but I I didn't get what I wanted. So you need to finish up. You need to do this. I know a a lot of uh, females who are, I call them liberated. You know, they know what they want and they go out and get it. And as long as you're being, you know, safe in whatever way, you know, you want to watch out for, you know, diseases and, of course, uh, take birth control or whatever, whatever way you want to prevent children if you do not want them. Um, cause most of the people who are wanting to do this, you know, have a good time. They're not thinking about procreating, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're thinking about orgasms. I mean, the orgasm is a powerful thing and that's definitely, like I said, another power theme here. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I don't think it's, it, there's still people who call women sluts and whores for that. And I'm like, but they're not sluts and whores when you're using their body. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the, the double standard uh, with those labels that drives me crazy and always has.
0: Oh, me too. I've never liked that. Be liberated. Do what you want. Like why the women's bodies were made for, you know, pleasure as well. And there's, it's not fair that it's like the female orgasm is just like. Yeah, if I feel yeah. like it, I mean, I guess, I mean, I got what I wanted, uh, bye, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, it should be more about, you know, giving to each other, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not the authority on sex here, but um, oh, right. <laughs> well, it's not either, really so. high in my totem pole, but the power of the orgasm is something that everybody chases, you know, for mm-hmm. the most part, the, the most of the world is chasing that orgasm. And and that's why, you know, people are are at bars on the weekends. That's why there's all these dating apps. You know, they're looking for that powerful orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just glad Anne got hers. Yeah. (laughs) She needed it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) And it just, I I just liked seeing that moment in her where, you know, you, you know, I I love that, you know, you think she's going to kill him, but instead she's she's, she's using his body, he's not using (gasps) her. Mm-hmm. power trip move for her yeah. you know a lot
1: of good moments um, in yeah. this film and like you know, even like before that just very subtle things that she started to do to assert herself like even when they're out at dinner and he's like oh get a to-go box for my wife and she's like actually I'm done like just little things like that but from his reaction you could tell like she's never spoken up for herself um, before even in these little things he, he seems kind of taken aback by that
0: yeah, and even before the dinner um, that he didn't know he was going to go out to, she's like, she's all dressed up when he comes home, and, and oh, he's yeah, like, is so that I a just, new dress? Yeah. And she's it's like, we're dress. going out. And he's like, uh, what? Yeah, we're that's going that's, out. That's
1: a great red dress, too.
0: Oh, my God, yes. And it had the little built-in almost like scarf part to it. Uh-huh. I love that dress. That was a great dress. Yeah,
1: cool.
0: And I just love um, when um, actresses are not afraid to be unglamorous. We have a lot more of that these days, but like Barbara Crampton, who's always just been very gorgeous. Um, when she goes to the dentist, oh, and yeah. then you be saying like, "Oh my gosh!" Like not afraid yes. to, you know. I mean, and, and that's also a, a power thing. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It's gonna heal. I'm a vampire. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was uh, that was like kind of a humorous moment, though, and a little. It was funny. Yeah, it's like,
0: oh my gosh, yeah <laughs> burning her face. <laughs> yeah, she had like for like a long period of time it was just like charred on her face. <laughs> Gotta wait so, in those teeth.
1: <laughs> yeah, until she uh, eats that, that one guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then and just like seeing her covered in gore so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously with Reanimator that was yeah, reanimator was quite the film. We'll be talking about that very soon. I'm really excited. It's one of my favorite movies. But, um, but yeah, her in these fancy dresses, but just completely blood soaked, red eyed, blood dripping from her mouth. You know, I'm like, I love this on you. I love this. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I do like the fact that they're um, you know, totally fine with having giving her these very unglamorous. Moments between like the being blood soaked and then those almost like rat teeth, you know, prosthetics they put in, and yeah, that was just uh, that was cool.
0: Yeah, I like the the usage of the rats in here because that kind of goes back to the Dracula mythos. Those uh, crates with the the soil and the rats because that is very prevalent in um, Dracula. So it did play with that, but also put the what's considered the Nosferatu type vampire in there. So, um, you know, which we talked about when we did Salem's Lot and whatever the difference between. Yeah. But my one my one small complaint, though, is when Robert Russler, you know, as Tom Lowe, who he's still adorable, too. Like, he's just still cutie. He gets attacked by those rats. And it's a very there's this one very clear moment because it's so dimly lit when the rats started crawling over him and you could tell that they were cgi oh now yeah. when they did the other shots it's just if you blink and you miss it but it's but the cgi is lit up in that mm-hmm. dark and if they would have toned that down it would have looked and i i don't care for cgi i know when it's neat you know like obviously that was a, a good choice nobody wants real rats crawling all over them you know or whatever and they, they have, have control of thing. the rats with cgi right. but but mm-hmm. the other shots you could tell that it was like fake rats and maybe one one or two real rats, but like that one CGI blink you miss it moment, I'm still not gonna penalize for that. <laughs> because the rest of the movie, like you would you totally forget about that. It, and or it yeah. doesn't even fucking matter because it's not you the know, message. It was a means yeah. to a greater purpose for Anne. You know, she made, yeah. she's gonna do this change, and this is just the catalyst. Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Exactly. I was a little bit bummed when that guy got killed, though, because it's like, oh, she, you know, almost, you know, could have had a relationship with him or.
0: You know. And I think that was every, she had every intention um, of doing that, that she was still in love with him. And that's why he was, you know, when they they're back and forth while they're in that, checking out that warehouse, they both know why they're both there. Mm-hmm. Is to have this little clandestine meeting that may lead to more because she is so fucking unhappy. But um, I hated that. Yeah, he had to go, but um, but it did bring about the the greater purpose of power and give her a different place where she didn't have to like run away from Jacob. Mm-hmm. She could face him down, yeah. you know. Because I think uh, had she let's say the master was not down there, I mean, one we wouldn't have the movie, but. Too, uh, it, or it would have been a different kind of movie. Just like, oh, here's an unhappy couple, and she runs <laughs> off with this guy, and that's the end. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I wanted that for them. I wanted it for, you know, her. But um, you know, it was, it was just to carry the plot to where it needed to be. But I did like him. I love when I see Robert Russler. He's just a, he's a funny guy. He's a cute guy. I, I love him in other movies. Um, like I said, uh, we talked about him at length, uh, when we did, uh, our season two in there? uh, was it two? No, it was three when we did Nightmare on the Street part two, where he was Jesse's best friend. And I was yeah, like, right. he's a cutie. Like, I always thought he was so adorable and he still looks great. Like everybody oh. is. Yeah. Barbara Crampton looks great. He looks great. You know, so we had, you know, just just having him there was pretty cool. As a horror fan, seeing him there. Yeah,
1: yeah, very, uh, yeah, he was awesome. Like, I don't know, every everyone in this, I think, did a really great job. Oh yeah. Yeah, their performances. Um, have you seen the film? uh We are still here.
0: No, and I have meant to because I know that Barbara Crampton and what's his name, Larry Besson.
1: Um, yeah. Gender,
0: very. Larry Festin, I, I can't, I don't.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, worried I'll, like, mangle his
0: name. Which yeah, is, uh, I'm already doing it. So, yeah, that hand, they were together, and, I mean, they they did that film together. And I knew that, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Jacob's Wife, like, I hopped on that so quick because I follow Barbara Cranston stuff, and I was just, like, hearing all this buzz about it, and I, I was so curious because vampires, and I, I kind of just missed out on, um, we are still here, so I need to revisit or not revisit i need to visit that and i plan to um because once i you know put all that together i was like i need to watch that movie Mm -hmm. that's
1: really good one i think i saw that one at the stanley film festival um a few years ago but uh that one has some really cool twists and a lot of great gore and i won't spoil it but definitely check that one out
0: awesome i will i will do that yeah i was Thinking about that today, I added it to the list. I know people hear me talk about the list, but they don't realize that I really do have the list. (laughs) You see me keep schedules like I really do keep lists all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, just like taking a bite out of this movie. There's just so many flavors and I really like all of them. I, I really like just there's so many different ways you can theorize about this. And it could be that they didn't even intend that, but it was just a happy accident but uh, it all comes together so great. And it wasn't even until we'd started this conversation that I wrote the note right here where it says change equals menopause oh, nice. because it didn't hit me till then. I was like, oh, my God, the change. The change is menopause, and that's where you know definitely like ginger snaps. Well, that's about that puberty. That's the other change. Women mm-hmm. go through a lot more change in our lives than men. Men can be very, very staticky. You know, of course they go through puberty, but they don't have to go through childbirth. Or, uh, you know, not all women. You know, whether they, you know, if you, that's a choice, if you want to have a child. But um, childbirth is messy, nasty business, <laughs> and it changes oh, okay. your entire body forever. I love my children, but uh, fuck childbirth. It's sucks. <laughs> it's awful. I love my children though. Yeah, but you know, so we have puberty, which is a lot of changes happening in our bodies. So it starts menstruation, which blood, blood, mm-hmm. and you know, childbirth, blood. Um, the change, the blood starts stopping. You know, or begins to to end that cycle of our reproductive lives. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of change for women.
1: Men, it's just
0: really, they have one big one and that's it. Right. (laughs) So it's like the complexities of that, you know, it's something that, you know, men try to understand, you know, I'm trying to raise a sensitive young man who will go out into the world with sensitivities, but, and, and strength. But, um, I do let, you know, his sister and I talk to him about things that also women go through so he can understand it. because sometimes, you know, you're talking, I, I know all, of, every woman has, this is another thing every woman has gone through, trying to explain something about, uh, I can't make it, um, I started my period today and they're like, why would that stop you? You just uh-huh. like, you don't get about periods or like they gave birth and, you know, you give birth and the husbands, they're like holding your hand. Well, not in my case, but <laughs> I have my kids by myself. You know, luckily, I have a great co-parent, but it's just like they, they can't get it. They see they're like, oh, childbirth's gross. Yeah, it's gross. But the interesting changes in your body when you're pregnant that there are so much change. You, you like break your neck trying to keep up with it. Your yeah. body change every day. Your body's different when you wake up and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my boobs are bigger today. Or I thought the baby kicked me right in the ribs or, you know, and then you you birth that child and, and postpartum depression is a real thing. Um, I had it with both children because. You have pregnancy hormones that change you. I mean, there's just so much change in a woman's life. And and you try to explain it to men and they're just kind of like, um, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
0: I'm like, you try to keep up with it. Like it it, it messes with, you know, the the all of it releases chemicals, you know, like with mm-hmm. periods releases chemicals to your brain. That's why people are like, oh, you're just being a bishop, you're about to start your period. I'm like, um, kind of, yeah, because my emotions are a wreck. And my body hates me right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I was trying to explain to Sean, who looked at me in abject horror, when I was like, because somehow we were talking about high school, and I was like, the worst thing in high school was periods, Because you'd be in the middle class wearing a pad. I switched to tampons very quickly in <laughs> high school. But um, wearing a pad, and you're sitting, sitting there thinking, like, am I bleeding for my pants? When I get up from this chair, is there gonna be blood on there? Because and then all the guys would make fun of you. You would oh. never live it down. It's like I would have to leave this school, yeah. change to a different school, because it'd be so embarrassed. But why should I be embarrassed about something I have no control over? It's just a change happening in my body. Mm-hmm. But but when you're a teenager, you're so self-conscious, you know. Oh
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so he's trying yeah. to explain it to him, and he's just like, gross. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like the magical woman shit, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we go through some gross shit because men can't handle them. That's yeah. why we do it. We do all of that. It's true.
1: That's true.
0: <laughs> not trying to shit on men. Love my husband. And I love all the men in my life. But um
1: there are some things they just won't understand because biologically they don't have that experience. So
0: <laughs> Exactly. And they don't know why it's a big deal. And it's like, well, <laughs> it's not your body that's happening too but yeah so that that ties back you know it really we're still talking about the movie because this movie is about change Mm -hmm. and like I that's why I just really wanted to point out you know because I know we do have uh quite a few male listeners that love just specifically Ghoul's Night Out you know so I did want to bring about you know these how much we have to change um how much our bodies change how many things that we go through that you know, we just have to buck up and and grin and bear it, and still go on with our lives, still go into work, and still the house still has to be cleaned. Or you know, I have to go to this thing, and I can't make everything stop. You know, mm-hmm. I just have to deal with it. And I'm like, that's just like boss babe stuff, like like power moves right there. And and sometimes I just want people. I, I want to talk to men, and I want them to understand. Just just for you know reference, not for punishment, because it's not their fault. But, you know, they could try to understand a little bit better, I think, sometimes. So, yeah, the change in this, the change with menopause, I really think is it's a lot about that. Even though we do have the big gushes of blood, but it can symbolize, you know, we do have other females in this, you know, uh, particularly I think her name's Amelia, the the young girl from the church, mm-hmm. you know, who would be going through like the opposite of that, the puberty. So there's a lot that it, it can still be point. tied back. Mm-hmm. And that's why vampirism is a great choice, because all of those changes are bloody.
1: Yes, it is a perfect choice.
0: So, yeah, what I had written down about the Evil Sisters, now, I, I did order both of the books that you mentioned. But yeah, I really like that idea that it brings across it, the modern vampire, which even if we're going back to silent films, it's still modern. That yeah. still counts as modern, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of history before that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the modern vampire, they're sexual, and that makes them violent and a threat, mm-hmm. a constantly a threat to de-civilize men. And I'm like,
1: yeah, um, that kind of
0: goes back to Adam and Eve. It's still the woman's fault, right? Yeah, which they
1: even, they mentioned that in the movie, too, yeah. <laughs> which was like, that was a great line. Uh, another, well, it doesn't uh, really directly relate to the film, another interesting topic in this book evil sisters is um there there are some instances where vampires represent people of color and so then it gets into race issues and how people of color have been stereotyped historically where um they they become othered and vampires represent all the things about other cultures or other races that were like not you know considered good and you know these this earlier time period. So there's, there's a lot about racism in this book as well.
0: Definitely. But yeah, it, there is kind of a callback to some black horror, uh, a very important film, Ganja and Hess, because the, the cop's last name is Hess. Yeah. Um, and there's, I, I still, I'm recommending this because I think it's still on shutter, but horror noir uh, mm-hmm. uh, about yes. the history of black horror it's filled with just amazing wonderful things uh you'll you'll make your own list of movies that you need to see if you haven't seen them one of my favorite ones is uh blackula oh yeah cuz he was that, like nobility yeah
1: yeah that that's such a that's a classic film
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah but i think that's interesting because the the thing is is i'm trying to think of how to say this correctly without sounding against my point i'll try and i can edit it out if i don't manage to do it basically the entire the entirety of particularly this country but in general all over you know unless you're in a non-white type of uh country or whatever but it's white men (laughs) white men are threatened by other races white men are threatened by women White men, you know, it's basically everybody who is not a white man is a a step or steps below. So you could take women as a gender and lump that in. And so that's actually kind of smart because Mm -hmm. women, God, we've had our journey. I can't even imagine being a woman of color on a journey because it's hard enough to be a white woman on a journey. And I'm I'm seriously giving all the credit to other people because I'm not saying it's hard to be white. I'm just saying it's hard to be a woman.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So I I know the struggle is real and but yeah but so that would I I didn't look at when the book that you're referring to was written I just kind of threw in a cart and bought it because it'll be here in a few days but um I think that's an interesting and actually very smart thing to point out um because it's very true anything that is not the powerful white man mm-hmm. or you know whatever is it, it represents everybody else
1: yeah that, everyone else is other. other exactly white men are like kind of the default you know of of quote unquote normalcy uh so yeah this um this book came out in 1996
0: okay okay yeah so yeah i mean that's that's a brilliant observation and it's true i mean you watch that horror noir and Mm -hmm. they they do discuss uh similar things like that but yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of uh, films that and George Romero, uh, an Italian guy, um, he made some really brilliant um, social statements, uh, particularly with his earlier films. Of course, the big three, they all have something important to say about race and gender and uh, survival and people and how ugly they could be or how great they could be you know, the last people you think could be heroes. And and usually he had heroines or, you know, look who was the hero of Night of Living Dead in 1968. Okay. Like that was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And so we have had people who, you know, the horror genre is a great platform to address these things in a way where it's almost sneaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're paying for blood and guts, but they're getting a lesson. Yep. They're learning something. They're gonna think about themselves. What it was it? Dave said during um like Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead, where he's like, I'm I'm, I'm and I sat back and wondered, is that me? No, it was Get Out. He's he's like, I had oh, to sit back yeah. and question myself. Like, am I that guy? Because I think you know, I, I would say the same thing about Obama. And you know, like, oh, I would have voted for him again. And he's like, am I that guy? And I'm like, I mean, these no, are right. the questions you should be asking yourself. You yeah, know, and I should- I those are questions that the filmmakers
1: want audiences to ask themselves.
0: They trick you into a horror movie, come mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. blood and guts, and you leave with a life lesson, a little yep. self-examination. Mm-hmm. Never hurts. So that's why this is another brilliant thing about this film. Yeah, it's it's there's so much to say in this comedy slash horror slash you know whatever you know the, there there's so much commentary and so many different things that you can say and take away from this. That I just don't understand these negative reviews. I think they were just those people that don't get it yeah. or they just came for the horror and it wasn't enough for them. I don't know.
1: Yeah. or they're. I, a, I know like one reviewer I, I checked out was like, well, you know, like, is it supposed to be a horror or a comedy or like, it could have been funnier if it were supposed to be a comedy. I think it was like the right balance. Like there's, there's just enough humor in it, but it doesn't make it silly. So I, I felt like they did a good job with that, you know, that very delicate balance between the two.
0: I agree. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I we just saw the, when Candyman opened, we went and saw it, the new one, and oh. uh, everybody um, either loved it or hated it. Um, did you see it? I did. Okay. So everybody said they were heavy handed with the social commentary. I'm like, did you uh, watch the first film? I was going to say, well, the, the original is
1: all it's, about race and class issues. Like it's very in your face.
0: Exactly there. I mean, like very strong. And I'm like, you cannot do a, a Candyman movie without that.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Do
0: you know what I mean? And and so it's like people that like I was very surprised to hear that they hated it. And I was like, I loved it. I thought it was smart. Mm-hmm. It was great. and And of course, if you're doing a film in the series, and I don't like to talk about two and three because they were hot trash, but this one is a direct successor to the first one and it is well done. It is smart and it does tackle those social issues that there would be no Candyman without. Some people don't like their, they don't like to get social commentary. And then like, what are you doing in horror? Because horror is jam fucking packed. They people think it's dramas, but no horror is the one where you can get the messages across <laughs> they almost they almost sneak them in there on you and they're a lot more heavy-handed than and like something like 12 years of slave like yeah we know what that's about but other like when you go to see a horror movie you're there for fun but you're gonna get some serious messages too depending on the movie that you're seeing but most films a these days have them. something to say yeah you
1: know? yeah most of them do there have been a few um good exceptions like i I didn't really notice a whole lot of, if any, commentary in, say, um, a quiet place. Like it's a, it's a really good movie. Yeah. More like suspenseful sci-fi ish, but I didn't really, um, you know, find anything to deconstruct on a social level um, with that really. So. um,
0: But then there's stuff like Midsommar. Um, Yeah. Trying to say say it right these days, Midsommar. um, Cultural differences there, Mm -hmm. you know, and that. They were basically like practicing eugenics. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what Ari Aster himself said. You know, they were eugenic, fucked up society. That's how yep. they ran things. And so there's a lot of commentary there. You know, I think it, we've we've we're hitting a wave of, of just some really great films because we go through dips and then um, and our highs with uh, with horror and even some of those cheesy 80s horror films like Chud. As much as I made fun of it, it had something to say.
1: It did,
0: yeah. You know, I may yeah. not well, like the movie, but I, I the
1: movie but but yeah, it did have a, a point to
0: it. Yeah, but I, there's some people that don't wanna think that deep and I'm like, why don't you stick to TV or whatever? Like or or find something that, that you You know, I like to think I like to come away not only having had a great time and watching a horror film, but there's a message. There's something to learn or something to celebrate or something to pay more attention to or or read up on or check out another film related to it. And I think that's one of the things that the horror community has a lock on. They do. best. I think
1: so, too. Yeah. I always think it's so useful to study, you know, horror films and literature from whatever era because it kind of holds up a mirror to whatever society was anxious about at that time.
0: Yeah, definitely art imitating life. Mm-hmm. You know that that whole debate, but I I I tend to think that um, for the most part, art imitates life, and yeah. and I think it should because sometimes we need that mirror held up before us to Actually. make us think and make us look inward. And like, am I part of the problem? And in a horror movie, because there aren't such rules, you can pretty much carte blanche, do whatever the fuck you want in a horror movie. That's where you're going to get your best messages. And, and it's so great that we can do that. And I think it's always been about that with horror. It just all throughout history. It's social commentary. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this was, this was a great use of it. But like I said, what makes it great whereas like, I know that we both love, I spit on your grave that was a very clear, brutal message. Um, yeah. and it had something very strong in your face to say this one does too, but it's, it's much more of something that almost anybody can identify with.
1: Right. And, and it draws attention. Natural, because it, it's working within like, a, you know, that sort of traditional vampire subgenre. It's easier to you know, make it more allegorical, um, in a sense, whereas, uh, yeah, some of those very uh, you know realistic films like I Spit on Your Grave they have a message, but they will bludgeon you. With
0: yes, it. <laughs> they will absolutely do that. Um, but I but you know that's that's just like horror history. Like I said, it's it's always been a platform to discuss things. Like okay, like let's go back to Dracula, written in the 1800s by Bram Stoker. He was a closeted homosexual, and that is very obvious throughout the, the book, if you've read it many times, like I have, because of the way, you know, to replace the act of sexual gratification, it's blood instead. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of, you know, commentary you can read into that reflecting, you know, it was frowned upon to be homosexual. I think it is still frowned upon to be homosexual. But luckily, they have, you know, there are so many more rights and, and organizations that are, you know, I'm yeah. glad gay marriage is legal but you know we all still have a long way to go on um, everybody uh, all of us do women um there's still a glass ceiling there's still you know pay gap there's all kinds of things um the sexual harassment we took as granted like the, i i accepted it i never reported it at my job oh, yeah. it's, just, it's
1: just well yeah, it was always like the risk if you reported it then you you'd be the troublemaker or you know just out to ruin someone's career or reputation and like, it, it was such a gamble, like, with the, and I mean, it still is, but at least I think women are being taken more seriously when they make these reports, but in the past, it was like, oh, gee, I, I could be the, you know, I'm the victim, but I could lose my job, or, you know.
0: And well, I got I'm- kids at home, and they, they know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want the scandal, you know, and so, yeah, working at, you know, male-dominated places, like Blockbuster, or us uh, GameStop, whatever, um, Oh, I was sexually fucking harassed all the time, and I just took it. I just took it. Like, oh god, that's so annoying. You're creepy. I'm not gonna be caught alone with you, mm-hmm. but um, I'm just gonna go about my job because I need this fucking job. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, I mean, the social commentary is probably one of my favorite things about horror.
1: Well, I know we were um, one thing we were talking about that was interesting was how um, screen kind of changed that. Um, you know, instead of the killer being kind of the hero of the franchise, you have the same final girl for all of them. That was an interesting point.
0: I'm really just um, so happy for Barbara Crampton to be so happy in her career, which has been a long career. And uh, she's still out there doing her thing. And and she worked really hard to make this movie happen. Um, you know, everybody involved should be very proud of this. I I'm just... Please. The, this is one of those ones the critics liked and the fans did not.
1: Yeah, that's so odd. Um, yeah, you know, when you see those sort of split ratings, I think the the fan reviews are still overall positive, but the critics were a lot more positive. At least if you look at Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, I was on IMDb because that's where I pull a lot of my info from. Although they didn't have like a wealth of info on this because it's probably because it's so new. It's
1: so new. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is the newest film we've ever done on on the show in general. Um, Psycho Goreman be- was the the previous front runner, but we did that earlier this year, and it was released last year. Um mm-hmm. that was also a very pleasant experience. Shutter is just on its way to like being a heavy hitter. They're like they have oh. everything I want.
1: Shutter's just amazing,
0: and it's so cheap. That's like I'm, I'm enjoying that while it lasts because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's becoming a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a big deal. Uh, you know, thanks to Joe Bob and just them having a lot of exclusive rights to um, horror movies, and just you know, it. People who love horror movies, you know, we finally have something for us. Like yeah,
1: yeah, this is it's definitely my favorite streaming service, and I
0: have. I several. use it more than any. Yeah, we have yeah. we cut the cord on cable because I'm like I only watch like three channels, and yeah. um, we just have different apps that we stream everything on between Prime, HBO, Hulu, Netflix, and Shutter, if I can't find it, it doesn't exist.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I, I know exactly what
0: you mean. <laughs> but, yeah, I was really excited, um, you know, just just when we got Shutter, I was like, oh, my God, Joe Bob, and this and that, because I was a little late to, I didn't sign up for it until we started the podcast. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, so I, I I didn't see season one when it aired of the Last Drive-In, but I I, I definitely was there for season two. So excited yeah, for season got four. Shatter,
1: like I don't know, within a couple months of it coming out, I think like I was on board pretty quickly.
0: I was interested, but sometimes it's like you know you get caught up in in day to oh. day life and. You know, and and when you're in a marriage, it's like joint decisions, you know, things must be put on the table. But it really wasn't that deep of a discussion because Sean and I uh, clearly are such huge horror fans um, that we didn't have to discuss too long. I was like, I want this. Me too. OK. But, uh, you know, you still have to have the discussion. And yeah. <laughs> that harkens back to marriage. I yes, mean, marriage. Yes, yes, yes. you yeah, know, Sean pretty and pretty. I have been together for 11 or 12 years now.
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> and there's. The honeymoon phase. It's the longest relationship I've ever had because I've always been a lone wolf. Like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck this shit, Because I kept getting with abusive assholes because, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not with an abusive asshole. I'm in a, a great relationship. Um, and, and me being of my sexual orientation, I could have easily have been a non-binary. It could have easily been a woman. It's just, it was him. So it worked out. Perfect. But, you know, I, I can't say that those ruts don't exist after you've been together that long. Yeah. It took us a long time to just decide to get married. Three years this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But I, mean, I can understand why you'd
1: want to, you know, take that decision a little more slowly. Like if you both had some rough relationships in the past.
0: Well, we've both been. <laughs> We, our Another first marriages when we were young. Oh,
1: shit.
0: Yeah, in our 20s when we were young, our first marriages were both disastrous at the same time going on simultaneously. So we were like, mm, oh. I'm going to be with you forever, but we'll we'll put a ring on it eventually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you get those ruts. You have those days where you're just like the way someone chews or the way that every time. Okay, here's my thing. Here's one. Here's one thing. Last night. I'm okay. And I'm not going to tell the story about last night when I was getting violent with Sean, I wasn't really being violent, but I was <laughs> frightening him when I muted, when I was muted. Okay. But here's the thing. We use a courage. You've been to our house. You've seen our courage. I love my courage. <laughs> and so he makes his coffee first, you know, and, uh, and he'll leave the pot in there. He'll leave it turned on. And I'm like, so then later on in the day after it, Automatically shuts off because I always forget in the mornings that he's turned it on and I'm not ready to drink coffee till I'm up for the second time because I go back to bed. And I'll get up, and I'm, like, taking out this nasty cold pod that could. – I'm, like, why do you do this? I, I talk to him about it. And then there's a point where you're just, like, I'm not even going to say anything anymore. I'm not because <laughs> it's not going to change anything. Or yeah, exactly. Or, you, you know, like – we and I know I have my things. I talk too fucking much. I talk over him, and I don't mean to. I really don't. You know, and that's the thing is people, you know, laugh about it here. But, like, it's been a real issue for us before. He's, like, there you are interrupting me again. And he gets pissed. And I'm, like, I didn't – It's my family, the way that I was raised. If you didn't speak right then and there, nobody was going to ever hear you. Plus, I have ADD. So my brain moves a million miles an hour and I refuse to take medication for it um, because I think it makes me more creative. But uh, it's to everyone else's expense and it drives him crazy. (laughs) So he'll be talking and I just talk right over him. I'm like, I'm sorry, I do care. I do care. So I have to really concentrate. So, yeah, I mean, there's those things are real. Those are real things and sort of I'm kind of going through my own transformation right now. I wish it was into a vampire, but no, um, you know, just you go to these different parts of your life. Like I'm going to be 42 in a couple of weeks and you, you're thinking about your life and you're thinking about where you're happy, where you're unhappy. We should always be changing. That's what life is about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I'm kind of going through my own trying to get out of a rut mm-hmm. thing. I just need a vampire. <laughs> um, so call me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hang out.
1: Yeah, I think I would welcome that as well.
0: <laughs> I've always said, I mean, I, I make that joke, but it's actually like a true thing. Um, just even growing up, people are like, Well, what what uh superhero would you be? I'm like, I want to be a vampire. They're like, That's not a superhero. I'm like, that's what you think.
1: Yeah, right. It's like they've got powers.
0: Right, and they're like, "Well, you have to drink blood." I'm like, "So okay. I have to eat fucking tofu sometimes. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm eating some pretty gross shit." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's because of the powerfulness of it. I mm-hmm. want to be that powerful, you know, and feel that kind of confidence. You know, if for the exact same reason that she sort of embraces it, I think I would do the same. I think I would be like, I like who I am now. And it's not that I don't like who I am right now, but I have those days where I look in the mirror and I don't like I don't like what I see on the inside and on the outside, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we all go through that though.
0: Yeah, and it's part of just an evolution and this is clearly just an evolution on so many levels for Anne in this film. And uh, you know, it's sort of like a literal thing, like what, I, what I've always said, like I want to fucking be a vampire. Um, it certainly wasn't the thing that was on her mind, but then it was, and then she liked it. And you know what? I applaud you. I'd like to be that powerful.
1: Yeah. I yeah, same here. Absolutely.
0: I, and then I'd have the guts to to do the things that I, I get a little intimidated by, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you see that in her. It's not just about like physical power, even though she can lift all the you know, uh, furniture and arrange it the way she wants. I mean, it's about like an inner power, just the confidence in knowing that you can do what you want to do.
1: Yeah. Like she she says she wants to live a bigger life.
0: Exactly. And even though she is part of the undead, her life's not over. Her mm. life's just beginning in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. You know, cause me, yeah. I, I always tend to root for the bad guys, even though there are no bad guys really in this. Even the Masters got not really a a villain.
1: Yeah, really not.
0: Sort of curates people that want more uh-huh. or or need some empowerment or or want a better life, um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, because they're not really alive. But you know, they could still have a life, I guess. Uh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, it's but it was just a choice and it's like uh is it is it clear black and white is it a great character? No, like as somebody who is like a good virtuous character, no, but I don't think that exists in any of them. No no one is completely right. virtuous good, no one is so hellishly bad. Mm-hmm. Um and that's also brilliant because it's mm-hmm. very very relatable.
1: Yeah, it makes it, it makes it a lot more realistic.
0: And so, coupled that realism with, you know, what we talked about with change, the change, all the changes, um, wanting a better life, wanting to be more powerful, wanting to be more confident, you know, we're on this journey with her, and we're rooting for her the whole time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like after you watch it, you don't want her to go back to how things were.
0: And you know that she won't because she does say that she's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I like who I am now. And I think that's such a strong statement and you don't hear women say that too often. Women are always worried. Like I could look better. I could be thinner. I could be prettier. I could do my hair different. I should do this and I should do that. You know, all these little fucking things. (laughs) And you know, there's days where you just want to say, fuck it. And you just want to feel like a boss. You know, you want to feel, powerful and and strong and and not all this self-doubting all the time and women it's like we are programmed to self-doubt because it sells more makeup it sells more hair products and then there's the whole pink tax so they make a lot of money off our insecurity that we've been programmed with
1: Mhm, it's true absolutely true unfortunately <laughs>
0: I honestly, and and it's interesting because it's a discussion now, but I always thought it was kind of fucking bullshit that we had to pay for he, he, feminine hygiene products. So oh, yeah. something that Something that we cannot control that happens to our body, and they not only charge us, there's a huge pink tax on it, too. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you have no choice about this. You have to pay me.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah,
0: that pisses me off, too, honestly. <laughs> or suffer social consequences, and oh, dear God, not that. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I'm here, I guess I better get a new foundation, because my skin looks uneven. <laughs> and so I'm saying, like, Anne is fucking free. Uh-huh. She's free of all of this. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the ultimate change, and and it's, like, wow, like, I felt that. I felt that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, love
0: this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so glad that we got to discuss it before you um go on your trip because yeah. uh I wanted to strike while the iron was hot because I um I, I watched it and I was too so excited to talk about it clearly because I dominated this conversation. I'm so sorry, <laughs> um, but I, I'm just so excited to talk about it because uh I love it. You know, I, I'm I learned from being a lifelong horror fan that. Just just uh, being excited about a horror movie. You get so jaded when you go through it your entire life. And when something comes along that wows you, you're just like, I have to talk about this right now. Mm -hmm. I have like, you know, just like with the book uh, that we read, Final Girl Support Group. So uh, I guess we can charge into reviews. And when it's just the two of us, it's it's kind of like we've been reviewing the whole time. But I guess I think compartmentalize it um into like a little blurb uh i gave this i I couldn't think of a creative thing for it so i gave this 10 out of 10 vampire barbara crampton's i was going to give it a 9.5 for the brief second of cgi rats and i'm like this movie is much more important than those cgi rats and now that I've said something people might even notice it more but like it's not really that noticeable it just got on my nerves for like a fraction of a second that it was in there <laughs> so i can't i'm not going to dock for that um you know i i just think uh, she was very smart in choosing this film and, and campaigning so hard and knowing the horror genre that she how she knows it from um all of her work in the 80s and early 90s in horror um i think she took a little break to to raise church children and things like that but um you know but, but you know this was years in development and script and and all that but you know she found the right people and i think this came together like a perfect storm uh it has a lot to say it's funny it's got great gore it's it's uh relatable it's uh has a very empowering message in such a creative way like I said, horror is a great platform for that. And so she knew that. And, uh, you know, kudos to her. Um, Robert Ressler was brilliant seeing you in here. Loved it. Uh, need to see you in more things. Uh, wanted you to be in longer, but that's okay. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, the the brilliance of the master being a female. Um, her name's Bonnie. Uh, she played the nun in The Conjuring, Conjuring and Yeah, she's yeah, she, has tall.
1: A, she has such a unique look, too. And she's, mm-hmm. you know, gorgeous without makeup. Yeah, she a very, like, unusually, you know, um, gorgeous, unique uh look. But it's like, ah, she's always buried under this monster makeup when I've seen her in films. But she did a great job in this.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I love, like, the purple eyes. Purple's my favorite color. But I like that. And, instead of, like, you know, while, you know, and while she's still – Sort of like a fledgling vampire, and you know, she got the red, and I like that, you know. But um, yeah, the master being, you know, non-binary or you know, but also played by a female, so it's uh, it was just a unique take. It was not what I was expecting. I didn't know what I was expecting. I knew it was a vampire film, and I knew, you know, just like basically like the what was shown on the poster, you know, he's a pastor she's she's mm-hmm. gonna there's some vampire shit going on but i did not expect <laughs> to come out of it just feeling like glowing reviews like oh my god i love this i'm so excited to talk about this and so um yeah 10 out of 10 vampire barbara cramptons nice
1: um i also have to give it 10 out of 10 uh female ma- master vampires yes um yeah i I have to agree with you like all the points you made like um I'm so glad that this um you know script was made into a film um it's uh it just works with like the vampire sub genre in a really fresh uh way. It was a lot of fun also thought provoking um great performances uh love Barbara Crampton and everything she's in yeah um, so, yeah, great, you know, great gore effects, too, which is always something I appreciate. Um, so, yeah, I have, like, nothing negative to say about this movie. Just really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and I hope, you know, um, those who have listened to this conversation, um, obviously, if you haven't watched the movie, um, we did spoil a lot, but we didn't. You, you, it's a whole experience to watch it, and I urge you to do that. And... um I also um urge you to seek out some of the literature that was brought up and um check out some other movies that um do something a little different have something to say we've mentioned quite a few um there are a lot more. So uh yeah I am yeah. yeah I guess
1: I'm going to plug um, some movies on Shutter that also have Barbara Crampton there's a new one called Superhost. She has a supporting role in that. That's a fun movie. It's kind of effed up <laughs> so i've heard <laughs> elements in it but yeah i had fun with it so definitely look at check out that one as well
0: awesome yeah and, and they always have like a, a great hosting movie so i guess i'm just gonna plug shutter um even if you when you first turn it on and it's already on its own channel like they're showing something you might sit there and just be like transfixed like okay this is some french film i've never heard of but oh my god it's it's cool like, you just stop, and that's what I do. I'll walk through the living room, and I stop, and I'm like, I'm going to watch this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do like the fact they have live uh, streaming channels in in addition to the sort of Netflix, you know, style where you can select your own. But, yeah, I've discovered some interesting ones through their their live stream that I probably wouldn't have thought of watching before.
0: Yeah, um, what was the one that I was <sighs> – something about dogs uh... – I can't think of the title.
1: The one I saw recently that um, I probably put on the back burner because I'm not always into like slasher-y type films, but it's called Amsterdam. It has this excellent boat chase scene that was extremely well done. It's like, wow, they, they really went all out with this. So, yeah. Like, I, watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like just going on there and just like, hey, I've never, you know, seen this movie and I'm just going to check it out. You know, why not? You know, because most of my gambles pay off, even if it's something like fucking pieces. Oh dear god, pieces. <laughs> I we could almost cover that on Ghoul's Night Uh-oh. Out as an anti feminist movie. Or is it a feminist movie? I don't know. <laughs> That's up for debate. But uh that ending though. <laughs> that uh, ending. Yeah, the ending is cool. I
1: can't say I really like the rest
0: of the film, but <laughs> I fucking hate the movie, but 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 <laughs> it still has something to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking horrible, but it has something to say, you know. So you you're gonna stumble across some piece of shit movies that yeah, I have something to say though. Not um, <laughs> Blood Feast though. No, never Blood Feast. <laughs> never. Not even once. <anymore. laughs> uh,
1: I feel like I've seen a lot worse than Blood Feast though, but <laughs> it's definitely not my favorite Herschel Gordon Lewis film.
0: The Gore Gore Girls. Because there's yeah, the candy in there. I, I like Wizard of Wizard War. Wizard of War, yeah. I mean, like, they're just so fucking ridiculous. But, like, yeah. like it's, I think it's that fucking timpani drum that makes me think <laughs> like I'm going insane when I watch Blood Feast. <laughs> the fucking drum. I'm just like, oh, my God, please stop. It's the whole <laughs> movie. They don't ever stop drumming. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, we have a secret episode that's hidden. We've <laughs> talked about it a couple times uh, That where we did Blood Feast. Uh, it was early season two. Um Yeah, it's hidden for a reason, (laughs) but maybe one day we'll release it. Maybe one day uh, if I ever if I ever want to even sit through our conversation about it. I don't even know. (laughs) I have to brace myself and get ready, prepare mentally for that. (laughs) Yeah. So you're going to find some things, pieces. Well, I think it's trash uh, and horrible. um, It's it's one of those movies you need to see just to say you've seen it to be a completionist. You need to watch it, and you can just fucking throw it over your shoulder like I did, but um, I, yeah, I, I think just, I... Just
1: watch the Joe Bob commentary one.
0: Yeah, on yeah, that's that's what I watch. I, yeah, <laughs> At least you get fun Joe Bob moments.
1: Exactly. It's like, it's that that movie goes down rough when you watch it without any kind of commentary or it's like, oof.
0: Yeah, it's like, fuck me gently with a chainsaw or something.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I used to say that all the time from Heathers. Oh, uh, Heathers.
1: Yeah, that could
0: that could be a good one. I'm a fan of Heathers. Um Yeah, so oh, on that note oh, sorry. I'm sorry
1: dark, dark, dark Waters, which came back to Shutter, that could be a good ghouls night out film.
0: Yeah, I've got um let me see what I have listed for us. Um and it's you know, I, I plan pretty far out, but we have wiggle room. Um we have audition we're gonna do, which yeah, I'm super that's like my fucking movie right there. Um inside. Um high tension. That was yeah. my throw-in. Um ginger snaps. Um, Homewrecker, Jennifer's Body, which I think would just be a fun episode. The Descent. Um
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh Dress to Kill, which is one I threw yeah. in there. I think that needs to be discussed for- mm.
1: I haven't seen that in a long time, but yeah.
0: Yeah, Brian De Palma, but um it's a brilliant movie, but there are things that definitely need to be discussed at that point. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely need to be addressed. And there, it's not just
1: do not age well in that movie.
0: <laughs> right. So yeah, there's and and you know, that still fits in with, you know, the themes that we like to discuss. So um yeah, that'll be an interesting talk. Mm-hmm. So. We try not to, I try really hard to make sure, you know, we, we both put input into this, but, you know, we do mostly give perfect scores, but we haven't always. Um, there was one that we didn't, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, we pissed some people off with that, I think, but they didn't <laughs> tell me. I, I just know we did, though. I, it's a yeah, feeling.
1: Problem. A lot of people still love that movie.
0: Why? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I try to put a good mix in there. So they're, you know, not everything is like something that's going to be perfect. Sometimes these are films that parade as feminist or, you know, enlightened films. And they're actually it's the just not. exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we need to discuss those, too. Uh, so. So, yeah, stay tuned. Um, a lot of goals my coming. We've got um, I'm sure we'll throw other episodes in there um a lot of exciting stuff coming up and then of course there's the regular show. So, yeah, Eric is going to be missing from some episodes we think. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: if I can if I can work it out with my schedule and the Skype connection and better yet drag Andre onto an episode. Oh yeah,
0: can... yeah, yeah. That would be exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll see. He's very self-conscious about his spoken English and um, you know, it's actually it's
0: not that bad. I understand him fine. Yeah, I'm, I I can pick up on um you know it's like when you first start talking to somebody and they have like a heavy accent after about 15 minutes you don't even notice yeah. it. You know.
1: you used to it. Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: So yeah, I mean if that helps <laughs> maybe it do not matter. Yeah, I, I just like to hear him weigh in on some horror stuff him being a horror filmmaker and we will be talking about some of his films soon. Yeah. Um, not the next season, but soon, so it'll be after Christmas. But anyway, um, this has been a great talk. Do you want to plug anything?
1: Um, other than, uh, you know, uh, check out the house that screams, you know, main, uh, podcasts, um, and, uh, everyone else's channel on there. Definitely check out, uh, Check out Final Girl Cosmetics and uh, Andrei Iskanov's films. Those are kind of my standard plugs.
0: Yeah. I'm just, I try to simplify mine. I do, I'm trying to shout out other podcasts um, uh, more often because they've been, we get people doing it to us all the time and I, I always forget to do it and I feel like an asshole. So I'm trying to do better, you know, change, change <laughs> being the word of the day. Um so um, I've been shouting out Ghoul Friends podcast, which is our friends Lucy and Lindsay, who have done Ghouls Night Out with us. They did the Stepford Wives. Um, they have their own podcast. Check it out. Uh, I think they just released their second episode at the time of this recording. I will be on in uh, a couple of weeks on that show. So it may be out previous to you hearing this one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are not as backlogged on episodes as we are. We have like... Ten to edit. Wow. That's why we, we don't even have a regular release date anymore. We just release them whenever the fuck we want to. Like house That screams attitude right there. Like whenever the fuck we want, you'll get uh, it when it's ready. Yeah. If you love <laughs> us, then you'll respect our decision about that. Dealing <laughs> with my medical problems has been oh, consuming, and it well, threw us
1: off. Absolutely.
0: So yeah, we and with us both editing, we're gonna. Get, I I keep saying we're gonna. Get, Caught up, but we do. Then I do something like this, like three shows in one week. We're not gonna get caught up. Bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, um, my everything is in my link tree, including um, links to uh, our regular castmates that you know host with us. Uh, during our regular episodes, of, like the Action Drunkies, which is Robin Mack Uh, we've got um links for uh Nico. Uh, Sean doesn't really do social media too much, but you can find him. Um, under my contacts on like Instagram, but uh, yeah, we I, I'm very happy that we hit 3,500 followers on our Twitter and more, and um, that uh, I, I'm just surprised uh by the wonderful um responses, positive things that we get and. Um, getting to interact with, you know, horror icons and directors who are impressed with our work when we don't ever take it seriously, except for maybe on this show sometimes, (laughs) No, mostly on this, this part of the show, but um, everybody on the show is very intelligent, but yeah, you can find links through, uh, through my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash candy the final girl to my Instagram, which is mostly, Either about my makeup, which, you know, with Erica, uh, with Spinal Girl Cosmetics, we have the Slasher palette. It has arrived. It's not ready for release, but it'll be here in time for Halloween. I don't know when episode's coming out, so it may be past Halloween when you hear this, but you'll you'll see it. And, uh, you know, we also have a new lipstick that we designed, so we're really excited. But we're just uh, we got to get it all nice and pretty before we put it out there for sale. Yeah. Um, and there's also a link to that on my link tree. Um, but yeah, so check out my Instagram if you want to get in touch with me or on our official Twitter at house underscore screams. And thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's been um so great to uh, to have this with you again and and um I'm gonna miss you. Hope to yeah, hear from I'm you. Miss- you
1: so yeah, i'm I'm hoping that um, I can get. It make some episodes work out while I'm there. Um, definitely try anyway, and yeah. uh, like I can um, still chat with you guys on the group uh, text and send nice. photos, and stuff like that. So
0: that would be really cool. That'd be really cool because I was gonna ask, like, take pictures. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and most importantly, have a good time.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Did
0: you learn that?
1: Yeah, thank you. I think, uh, you know, as long as all the flight stuff and all the custom stuff goes smoothly and COVID testing, I think um, that should be fine otherwise. so.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, um, you know, well, I'll be waiting to hear from you. And, um, yeah, just uh, best of luck with those flights and customs. I know how that shit can be. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, thank you.
0: Just remember, you can always nap when you get there. Yeah, true. That's what I always <laughs> tell myself. A nap saves me from everything. I'm like, yeah, i just going <laughs> to yeah. nap, and then I'm going to start over when I wake up. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but love you so much. Thank you for, Thank you. for this. And take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Have a great evening. You too. <laughs> Thanks.